One NBA team trades for a center yesterday, but it wasn't the Charlotte Hornets. What could Charlotte have done to get that exact guy? We'll talk about that. Plus, there is an update on a new practice facility for Charlotte. We'll talk about all of that today on the Locked On Hornets podcast. You are Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, cause we live. We live. <laughs> It's Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. This episode is brought to you by Arcade One Up. You can bring home a slam dunk. Introducing NBA Jam Shaq Edition from Arcade One Up. Pre-order now to play with legends. Arcade One Up is the place for authentic gaming experiences featuring licensed retro games from the golden age of arcades. You know that's the golden age. I miss all that stuff, but at Arcade One Up, they can hook you up, and we appreciate them joining us on the Lockdown Podcast Network. I'm Walker Mayoff, covered Charlotte Sports for a variety of different outlets. Been doing that for a while now. Doug is the founder of the podcast. He's going to dress like Grandmama for a show. I saw one comment on YouTube that was not a fan. In fact, they put this comment out there. They said, come on, guys. Like, I'd rather you dive deeper into some of this other content but you guys resort to dressing in dresses and dressing like women. And I was like, dude, first of all, okay, this is Larry Johnson we're talking about. It's not a woman. It's Larry Johnson. And two, Doug would make a very pretty woman. And so I don't understand why they're hating on the YouTube comments you. like that. I don't either. Uh, well, number one, we haven't done it yet. Um, so because because of people because of people like you who haven't liked us on Facebook. So that's number one. So get to work. Um, number mm -hmm. two, why can't we do both? I don't understand. Yeah, we I mean, we do, do both. We can do both. And you know what? That's exactly what we're going to do as soon as everybody likes us a thousand times on Facebook. You do it 500 times, we'll bring back the Matt Geiger fact of the day, which my favorite thing is that's an incentive for people in order to like it 500 times. Let's talk about this Christian Wood trade, Doug, because now the center market has it been set. And it's not that much of a price to give up if you want to go after Christian Wood. Let me allow you or let me read you the details and then allow you to give this take on it. So Christian Wood from the Houston Rockets, longtime mm -hmm. like potential trade asset for the Charlotte Hornets or a guy that they could go pursue. Christian Wood is traded to the Dallas Mavericks in exchange for the 26th overall pick, which is by far the most valuable piece going to Houston in this trade. So 26th overall. Boban, I'm sorry, Boban, he's probably the most valuable. Boban Marjanovic, Sterling Brown, Trey Burke, and Marquise Chris. All of those players who basically don't get any playing time and the 26th overall pick going to Houston in exchange for Christian Wood and the Dallas Mavericks. Now they go after their center, which they've kind of been needing as well. You saw that in the postseason. They needed somebody down low. What do you think? I mean, kind of surprising to see that that package was able to get a guy as talented, at least, as Christian Wood. That's it? Mm-hmm. That's, That's it. all it took? I'm not lying to you. That's what Woj said. And Shams. Yeah. That's incredible. I mean, mm -hmm. that's incredible, Walker, that it only took that to acquire Christian Wood. I mean, now, to me, if the Hornets don't go out and utilize that 15th pick to acquire a center at or above the level of Christian Wood – then I don't know what we're honestly, I don't know what we're doing here. So I think it's interesting that there's so much, there's a wide range of theories on this trade because you go towards one end of the spectrum. And I tend to agree as far as the package isn't a lot. Let's say this thing flames out 
and the most you got rid of was a 26th overall pick. It does seem to indicate that this is Dallas's move to go for it and try to get beyond the conference finals. And I don't know if this is the move that gets that done. You know, they get to the Western Conference Finals and Christian Wood's going to get you to the NBA championship. At the same time, it's a low risk type of deal because 26 is the most valuable. You do that every single time and it, it's totally okay. But it's also funny to see people are surprised that it took this little to go get Wood. And everybody still likes it from a Houston standpoint, too. I haven't seen anybody bash the Rockets because it frees up time for Alperin Shengun. You also get the 26th overall pick with an extremely young team, Jalen Green. You're building around a whole bunch of young guys down there. And so it's funny. It seems the way people are talking, hey, what, I mean, it only took that much to go get a guy as talented as Christian Wood. And then it's like, well, wait, I, I do like what Houston did. So it's funny to see that it's a win-win when we talk about it as this big old gap. Like, wow, well, I mean, hell, I, I would do that 10 times out of 10 if I'm the Dallas Mavericks. So you're telling me that a team uh, got embarrassed in a playoff game and because of a particular weakness that they had Did down they get him? low. Okay, yeah. And then in the offseason – they aggressively moved to use assets that they already have, future assets, to go and acquire a player that fills that particular need. That's how, insane. How that, aggressively how, did they what? pursue? I didn't even know you could do that. How I, aggressively honestly, I, did they pursue it? How aggressively know, was it? I didn't even know teams could do that. <laughs> I've just been sitting here thinking, no, you just you just go out and get pieces that don't really solve the problem. And then you just you tell your coach to deal with it. I thought that's what you did. So let's talk about this from a Charlotte Hornets standpoint. Then you know what 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 does that look like? Do you, what do you get rid of that you think legitimately lands you Christian Wood? You know Kelly Oubre probably is. I mean he's getting more playing time than all those other players. And you the fifteenth pick in Kelly Oubre. I mean I you know. The 15th pick, if they're doing it for the 26th, then they're probably, I mean, they're doing it for the 15th too. And uh, yeah, that's probably what it looks like if you're the Charlotte Hornets Cr trying to go after him. Yeah, this, uh, this isn't about Christian Wood. I, I don't know that necessarily, I think there are better prospects out there for what the Hornets particularly need than than Christian Wood. Although, you know, Christian Wood spent some time in, in Charlotte and was in our development process and then moved on. There could have been some there might be some leftover bad blood. We don't even know if that would have particularly worked out. And there are issues with Christian Wood, like how committed to the defensive end of the floor is he really? Is he just interested in being an offensive player, a lob threat? That would have been really fun to see, you know, him interacting with LaMelo Ball in that way. But I don't know that it addresses the one issue that that is yeah. obvious that they have. You know, if this was a team with some center depth at all, then maybe adding Christian Wood makes sense. It, it doesn't. This isn't about Christian Wood. This is about watching a team – do the thing that the Charlotte Hornets have needed to do for years. And, and all I'm saying, I'm not, I'm not upset today because they didn't make that particular move. I will be upset in the future, though, Walker, if they can't get something done because the Dallas Mavericks just proved that you could do it. Yeah. For Christian Wood. Like, I, yeah, and so this is, this is, <laughs> so this there are is, other, there are other Christian Woods out there. There are other players out there on the market right now that you can go out and, and if you're willing to give up the assets and have the conversation, 
and, and you can make the move. Do well, something. So th- the, the wide range here, too, is interesting because I, I heard Sam Bassini talk about this in his mock draft episode. So I know a lot of people probably checked that out. But Sam said that broke during him and Matt Penny hosting that mock draft. He's like, yeah, Houston did a pretty good job of getting a first round pick in exchange for Christian Wood. And some people just aren't big because uh, on Wood because of the defense, because the lack thereof. And so Dallas goes after him. And does he really protect the rim in a way that Dwight Powell and, and you know, Maxi Kleber did it? You know, like that's those are the some of the reasons. But at the same I, I get it, though. Right. Like, does this set the market for the Hornets to go after a center? And is that price now a little bit lower than you once thought? So for Miles Turner, we've talked about him a million times. Does that price actually get lower because of what you saw Christian Wood go for? Does the Rashawn Holmes price, now that you can go after him because of the accusations being settled, you know, Rashawn Holmes, does that price go a little bit lower? Like, I really just wanted I really just wanted the Hornets to leak something that they were involved in. I wanted them to pull a Danny Ainge and, and just leak something that they were involved in this conversation and just say, Well, you know, we weren't really willing to give up the fifteenth. At least at least just I just want to know that they are at least thinking about it. If Mitch would just come out and say, Well, I thought about it and I didn't want to go for Christian Wood. I know he would never do that. They never put that. It's just what I want. I want to mm-hmm. know that the Hornets are involved in these type of conversations because there are other there are other Woodian type names. I'm not talking about DeAndre Ayton and Rudy Gobert. That's a whole nother. Those two names are so yeah. big and you'd have to give up so much. That's a whole nother tier of deal. I'm talking about names like like Miles Turner, like Rashawn Holmes, like a restricted free Pertle. agent like Mo yeah. Bamba or Nick Claxton. I mean, there are options here for the Hornets, and all I'm saying is I don't I don't need them. I needed it on this particular one because I didn't really think Christian would fit with the Hornets. I'm, I jokingly said that I wish that I would even have heard that they were in the conversation, but that's not that's not the level. I need them to actually accomplish something and bring a center that can defend the rim to play a lot and, and can catch lobs that can play alongside LaMelo Ball. Well, I want to discuss this in the next segment, but they have that opportunity to do so in the NBA draft. Is that enough to relieve that itch that you've had for a couple of years? So let's talk about it. Coming up next on the Lockdown Hornets podcast. I want to talk about an interesting theory because there are a couple times now in the last really two days, we've I've at least heard some NBA analysts, NBA draft experts say, hey, let's just settle for the 13th and 15th pick rather than just trading for a veteran because you get better value out of this 13 and 15th. Let's talk about how doable that is for the Charlotte Hornets and whether that makes sense for a team that pretty clearly wants to win right now. Let's also talk about Built Bar, though. You know how our friends at Built are always coming up with amazing new flavors. Well, this time, Built has truly outdone themselves with the new Mud Pie flavor. Doug, I know you got a box of Built Bar Mud Pies. How are they? Have you tried one yet? Let me come back on here. Let me just tell you something. Yeah, I I was weak last night. So usually I use the the built bars as like my it entices me to go out on a run. OK, it's like a treat at the end of the run. And, and, and I'm I'm a child. I just need that sort of motivation. I can't just go out and run. I need that motivation of going. I'm halfway through the run. I'm starting to feel it. The heat's getting to me. My legs are getting tired. They feel like concrete. And all I think is, OK, but when you get back home, you got that built bar waiting on you. OK, that's what I normally do. Last night I was weak. And it was just sitting. I put them in the refrigerator, the mud pie. Oh, I got okay. the mud pie, I put it in the refrigerator. And I was weak. It was like 11 o'clock at night. And I just pulled it out and I just I just went ham on it. It's I, They taste really good. I don't know what to tell you. They're great. They're healthy for you. It's awesome. 
Uh, of course they taste good. Not only is it just straight up chocolate, but it's rich whipped cream. You have chocolate mousse. It's smothered in 100% real chocolate, and it's topped with cookies and cream crumble. Like, that's ridiculous. And the, the fact that that's actually like 150 calories and only 8 grams of sugar, that's absolutely nuts. No wonder you can have a dessert at the end of your run, and it'd actually be beneficial for you. Go to Built.com. Use promo code LOCKED15. Get 50% off of your order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. Let's talk about the 13th and the 15th pick, how that would compare to a veteran center coming up next on the Lockdown Hornets podcast. Always appreciate you joining us on the Lockdown Hornets podcast. We have an important favor to ask you. We've put together a survey so we can learn more about listeners like you and make your favorite Lockdown podcast even better. This is your opportunity to tell us what you like and what you don't like about Lockdown podcast. Go to LockdownPodcast.com slash survey right now to get started. It won't take very long, and everyone that completes a survey can qualify for a chance to win one of 10 $100 Ticketmaster gift cards to take our audience survey. You can go to LockdownPodcast.com slash survey and get one of those gift cards. So pretty impressive there. Thanks for your help. Always appreciate your support. Who did we talk about you? Who was your alter ego you were going to sign up as to go get that Ticketmaster gift card? It was Doug some branson we, we had you on the ones and twos it was dj well, doug dj branson. doug dancing for sure. dancing yeah. dancing that's what i wanted that's what yeah, I wanted. I'll, yeah. I'll sign up for sure all right please do that and at least if you win maybe you can split it with somebody here that listens to the podcast so we don't completely avoid come over to my world. house play the game yeah that's <laughs> that, not weird at all that sounded really no that sounded weird let's move on very quickly that's the question i had for you doug that i was kind of teasing into the first segment was you know, we kind of heard this from Jeremy Wu, right? Is it worth it to go after Miles Turner? Or is it just better to stay with that 13th, 15th pick and use Mark Williams or Jalen Duran as the guy to be a center that gets a lot of playing time next year? Let, let me set this up for you. Let, let's go. Let's set you up with a happy scale. Okay. One to 10. 10 being, oh my God, I'm thrilled. This is the best offseason the Charlotte Hornets could have ever had. And one being fire everybody i i hate this team i'm doing locked on rockets now like i'm not even a fan of the hornets and you leave me that's number one where would you be if the hornets select jalen duran your guy at 13 and then they go bargain bin shopping for a backup center oh let's take this one at let's take this one at a time all right okay. and I, i've got some sound here to help us okay okay gotcha so give, give it to me one at a time okay jalen duran number 13 that's your pick oh so yes so you get your guy. Uh-huh. But then in free agency slash non-trademarket, if you will, you settle for a bargain bin center that is a little Mason Plumley-like, but just a different name, a guy that's going to give you backup minutes or split the time with Jalen Duran. Sorry about that. That's a bad mistake. A okay. bad mistake. So, so like from 1 to 10, you end up with Duran, but you don't make that trade for a guy that you feel comfortable can come in and start helping you win right now. How happy are you with the way that they address that position at the end of the offseason? I'm gonna need I'm gonna need Patrick Ewing's help on this. What kind of shot is that? Have you ever shot that shot? Like what 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 what, what are we doing? We can't we cannot go into a second consecutive season trying to 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 comb through the five dollar DVD bargain bin at Walmart for an answer at you a position. You can find some decent ones there though. Sometimes, man, you got to uh, you got to be willing to spend some time there. But you no, can find some decent. I'm DVDs. sorry, I don't want to find Air Bud for where he's like playing lacrosse or something. So, sometimes you get like a twister, you know, like sometimes that's there. 
it's a fan look fantastic movie don't don't knock me off topic here i could talk about twister all day <laughs> it's a fantastic movie the cgi that. some of the cgi holds up i'm just gonna say that it, you know if you go back and watch the second matrix none of that cgi holds up i don't know how they did it mm-hmm. but those folks that made twister made a movie that held up over the years here's the point you can't go into a second season <laughs> Flying around like the cow from Twister yeah. with no ability to get your feet on the ground or protect the rim because you you don't have an answer there that, that is immediate. I, I just and, and I don't want them to hamstring a new coach. They already hamstrung James Borrego in that final year, and he was yeah. doing everything, messing with rotations, trying to figure out anything he could to work around what was obviously a problem in the regular season. And, and I don't want them to do that to Kenny Atkinson and not give him a fair shot to compete. Okay, but, you know, Jalen Duran, who is the guy that's kind of falling, by the way, and I want to get to that in just a second, but if he's that guy, Doug, then maybe you can compare him to the equipment that Twister, the scientists in the movie, they use to put up in the tornado to learn everything about the storm. So it doesn't work a little bit at first. Like, you know, it's going to be reliable. It's going to be good. You know that. But it doesn't work a little bit at first, and then you just got to give it a kickstart. It's a little dangerous, but you give it a little kickstart, then boom, you learn everything you need to know about that, and now you have so much more knowledge going towards the future. Is Jalen Duran enough of that Twister project to allow you to be successful in the future? And, get like, is, is this year enough time? It's not too much. It's the Goldilocks time just right for you to go ahead and say, we're not going to give up assets for another center to go trade forward out there on the market. No, you're not because it's not, it's they need something immediate because the tornado and in, in this weird analogy that we have cooked hmm. up between Twister it. and the situation that the Hornets find them, themselves in the tornado, the giant F five that's coming for this rural town mm-hmm. is LaMelo Ball eventually being able to enter free agency and choose whether or not he wants to stay in Charlotte. And I think the the commitment to arguing for LaMelo Ball to stay needs to start this year with Kenny Atkinson. But that's the perfect thing. If you get, get Jalen Duran at 13, then you, you know, you've you've hired another player development coach. So you can be confident that uh that 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 that's gonna, you know, at least benefit Jalen somewhat. And then you get to take that risk and move the 15th pick to find something more solid for the regular season. To me, that would be dream scenario for the Charlotte Hornets. Yeah, if if you can find something for the right value, then fine. You know, that's always the caveat when we talk about they trade can. Market. That's what I'm telling but, you, Walker. They can because but, the, the this whole Christian Wood thing from the first segment proved it. If they have the will to go out there and sacrifice future assets – and 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 do something to compete this season. There are names out there that they can go after. And if they don't do it, I will again, once again, come on this podcast for a second straight season and have mm-hmm. to tell everyone that this front office is committing franchise malpractice. Mm. But if they do that, the 26th pick is very different from the 15th, which is clearly the biggest thing of value. Because if we got rid of our end of the bench guys, like if we gave up Isaiah Thomas and I mean, we don't even have something comparable to what the Mavericks had. We don't have a whole bunch of veterans at the very end. No, you have something better. You have something better. You have PJ Washington. No, no, (laughs) don't get rid of PJ. Don't do that. That would be malpractice for the Hornets if they went and got a Christian Wood type. I get your no, point. Yeah, well, you're right. Okay, clarify. I don't mean P.J. Washington for the Christian Wood, Rashawn Holmes, Miles Turner level. That's, you know, P.J. has exceeded his 
his it would have made sense before last season to do something like that for a Miles Turner or PJ Washington. Yeah. That made a lot of sense. Now that makes less sense. But a PJ Washington to get into the PJ Washington fifteen something else to get into elite territory with like a Rudy Gobert or a DeAndre Aiden to me that makes more sense. Right. But, they, but the point is they've got the tools if they're willing to utilize them. So so here's here's my thing, man. Like the more you look at just the importance of the draft, you know. For instance, I know that it's not completely apples to apples. I get that. But Memphis, they drafted so well, and they were kind of on a fast track because they drafted so well to be in the position they were, given Golden State the business in a couple of those contests. New Orleans. New Orleans, they traded, right? They actually made something happen going after C.J. McCollum, but... In the, it's not like they've been phenomenal at hitting in the draft for three years now. Like their draft pieces come from hitting on Herb Jones. I said Herb, like it's an actual thing you use in the kitchen. Herb Jones in the kitchen. Got, yeah, uh, cooking in the kitchen. That's what we want the Charlotte Hornets to do. You also had Zion, but he didn't even play. And then you drafted well enough to put yourself in position to actually do some nice enough things in the postseason. Point being. Can Jalen Duran or Mark Williams help you immediately? I, I lean more towards, yes, not that you want him to be the sole center starting and have to rely on somebody that young so much, but it's not completely neglecting that spot anymore, right? Like, if you don't draft a center and you don't trade one or sign one that you're comfortable with, then all hell breaks loose and we're angry at the Hornets. But in that scenario I gave you, at least you got an awesome guy that we love in this draft class. And that's what would make me feel comfortable enough. If it takes a year before he's really starting to cook, then okay. Like I, I think that's a little bit, you know, enough time where everybody else, you know, is, is improving around you and then they can help you get to the postseason. Last you're thing really I wonder- banking on at that point you're really banking on Kenny Atkins can Kenny Atkinson coming in. Yeah. and establishing a brand new identity and getting everyone to buy into it and getting players that didn't buy into it last season to all of a sudden buy into it, um, that's a big risk. We, we just don't know what the internal improvement defensively will be uh, for Miles Bridges, for LaMelo Ball. Uh, can you can you get Terry to play uh, you know, 10 15% more defense than he did last season? You know, I think those are all big question marks um and so i'd rather them just go and help out the defense you help out the defense yeah. by getting a rim protecting center okay look if the value is there, i want to talk about jalen duran because uh okay. you know he's he's falling <laughs> right now and i really feel i'm looking at these mock drafts and you know these mock drafts that were two months ago saying duran a lock at six a lock at mm-hmm. five all of a sudden they're saying whoa the hornets at 13 that could be a floor for jalen duran and I'm getting excited because I couldn't be higher on a prospect in this entire draft. In fact, I'm ready to make an announcement, Walker. I'm yeah. ready. I'm re- we're a week away. I can't believe we're a week away from the NBA draft. This is probably the latest that I've done this, okay? Every year, I come on this show, and I give out a rose to a prospect that I'm absolutely in love with, that I want to spend the rest of my life with. It's a bachelor rose. I, I want to be. I want my whole credibility on on this sports universe to be tied to this player. Okay. And and it's gone to some great players. Let me tell you. Don't go look it up. But I'm just gonna say <laughs> I'm I'm like nine for nine on these roses, okay? And ten for ten is gonna go to Jalen Duran. Okay, Walker. Yeah. I just 
I, the more I study this guy, the more I hear about this guy, I can't believe he's going to fall to 13. This is not a falling star scenario. I want to make that clear because I saw some commenters when I talked about Shaden Sharp say, you know, sort of insinuating a little nicely, but insinuating that I was being a little hypocritical on the Shaden Sharp discussion because I have in the past said I don't like the falling star. What I don't like is on draft night. On draft night, a player that everybody thought was going at X ends up going at Y, and it's a huge gulf. The the Noah Vonley situation. Everyone thought Vonley yeah. at four. It was a lot. All of a sudden, he's available at nine. Why? This is not that situation. Jalen Duran is now, as we approach draft, as things start to become a little bit more clear, as other teams' intentions start to be a little bit more clear, Jalen Duran is slowly making his way down to the Charlotte Hornets at 13, and I would love that pick. Well, and the thing is, I don't even know how much of it is falling because people are finding things they don't like about Jalen Duran. The, the, the fact of the matter is, with this draft class, a lot of people are calling it historically bad. And you also have such a wide range of opinions on, like, prospects. Really? They're calling it historically bad? Yeah. There are people do not like this draft class, for sure. They're saying it's as weak as we've seen in, you know, quite a while. Here's my theory. Can I give you my quick theory on that? (laughs) I feel like, well, first of all, I feel like a lot of this draft analysis stuff is, is voodoo science. Like it doesn't make any sense to me. Like, I just feel like people get on the mic and say things that don't make any sense. Okay. And that's my job. I feel jealous. They're taking my job. I was about to say, but I think that in drafts where there isn't a clear number one, people say this is a bad draft. It's like automatic. If there's a clear number one pick, people are like, oh, yeah, there's a clear number one pick. And then like two to seven, you know, there's real talent here. And then when there's debate about the top three, which you have this year with Holmgren and Jabari and, you know, whoever, then people say, well, it's a bad draft. Yeah, I mean, maybe. I, I do think. It's my theory. Yeah, you're. T- I, I really like the top four in this draft class. You know, I think I include Jaden Ivey in that tier one. I, I think he's awesome, but we haven't talked a lot about him because the Hornets don't have any shot unless they trade up and they're not trading up that high. But I do think that there are some guys for the Hornets to get at 13 and even 15 that I still really like. And so when we talk about that, for instance, discussing Jalen, why he's falling, there's such a wide range of opinions on who should go at six and who should fall to 13, 14, 15 that I don't necessarily know if it's because you know, they dug up Duran's history and they don't like it. Oh, he's really young. Oh, now that I've watched this game and this game, I have motor questions. I don't really think that's happening. It's just you can go to every team and make a case for another prospect because there's not a consensus once you get to a certain spot in this draft. So it's not like people are hating on Jalen Duran. Maybe Mark Williams has risen up because the combine measurables are are crazy, right? He's a huge dude. He's athletic. It's not like he's crazy immobile and he's that tall and he has that standing reach. The other, so Jalen Duran falling would be great. I I think he's best player available and he fits a knee. Mm -hmm. And that's another Mm -hmm. thing I want to make this clear too, because I know, you know, when ranking the prospects on who I want the Hornets to take, I would have Jalen Duran one and I would have Mark Williams two. I love Malachi Branham. I love Jalen Williams. I love Johnny Davis if he falls. There's a chance that that could happen, right? A.J. Griffin could be sliding. Those guys are all great. But I'm still taking one of those centers. And it very much so looks on the surface that, well, Walker's reaching for a five because they desperately needed one there for Charlotte for quite some time. I'm not, like, reaching for Walker Kessler. 
You know, I'm not reaching for even a Christian Coloco who I really like. Trade back no, and get Coloco. Loco for Coloco. We know that. <laughs> well, we can Yes, I am. That's fine. I'll go in the late first round and then I'll be Loco for Coloco. But I'm not going to take him at 13 or 15. I want to stress that Mark Williams is not just like, oh, all right, cool consolation prize. He's good. I really like Mark Williams. I don't like him as, as much as Jalen Duran. I think the passing is a separator. I think there's still some more perimeter movement there that he can, you know, give you. I think he's, I think he's a better fit with Lamelo because he's just going to finish lobs at a thunderous. Like that's going to be so much fun. Run the floor and just dunk on somebody because Lamelo sets you up. That's going to be great. But Mark Williams has a lot to work with. That is also like maybe you can make the case for him being best player available at 13. I'm, I'm cool with either one of those guys. And that's why I'm kind of like, if they can just get their hands on one of those players, yeah, I'd still like to have a center I'm more comfortable starting this year out there on the veteran market. But I, it's, it's not a bad thing to be set up for the future at that spot because they haven't been for so long now. I'm going to be even clearer. If Jalen Duran is at, available at 13, there's not a single player that I can think of reasonably that would be in there, including Mark Williams, that would be best player available. If you look at the body, look at the body type, look at the improvement from high school to college. The reason he's not a top three pick is because he wasn't, I think because he wasn't dominant, you know, in college. People want to see guys come out and be dominant and and he wasn't. And so, but it's coming because he's young. Uh, so I, I think there, there's some of that, but look, look at how easy it is for him, both on the defensive end and uh, on the offensive end to stride from three point line to rim. I mean, it's not, you know, I bring this bring this name up a little too much probably, but it's Giannis like. Okay. I, I'm just saying I feel like this player, I think Duran has the ability in a few years in the right system, given the right opportunity, which I think you know, you've got a new coach who's going to give fresh eyes to everyone. I think he has the opportunity not only to be an all-star, I think he's got a, an opportunity to be an all NBA player. And in and whatever, if this is a bad draft, a weak draft, I think Jalen Duran presents the one opportunity to get in there and steal and look back three years from now and go, wow, how did that guy follow the Hornets at 13? One more question. If Jalen Duran is gone, 13 comes on the board, you have Mark Williams and some other guys, do you consider Mark Williams the must-be pick there? Or would you rather take somebody else like a, a swing guy? Maybe, you know, I don't, I don't know whoever else you like. But, you know, during pretty clearly BPA, is Mark Williams your pick at 13? Or would you rather go after somebody else? I think it would be my pick at 13. I don't know if it's going to be the Hornets pick at 13. I don't yeah. know. You know, I, I, I still feel like <laughs> I still have this weird feeling that we're just destined to draft Ochai Abaji. Like, I just I don't know. I'm just I'm just saying. It's just a weird feeling. I don't know where it's coming from. I can't. It's not. It's not draft analysis. So this we. There's no rumors. I'm not hearing anything. Um, this just have this weird feeling that the the Hornets are going to come away with Abaji somehow. Um, also, I think you don't like Walker Kessler because you share a first name, which I get. I'm totally suspicious of people named Doug. Like immediately, it takes me. Like you, you wanted Vonleh because you didn't want McDermott. That's right. You're exactly right. When, when somebody comes him? up to me and says, hey, my name's Doug, I'm immediately, I don't know why, I think it's the sense that like they might be trying to, to like a doppelganger situation where they're trying to murder me to become the best Doug. Mm -hmm. I have that sense. And now if my name was like Mark or Michael, if I, I mean, Doug's not like a crazy uncommon name, but it's not, you know, sort of the, uh, you know, in the American pantheon of names, it's, it's, it's probably, you know, mid tier. Okay. Yeah. So, so that's, you know, if I had one of those names, I don't think I would be immediately suspicious of another Mark or Michael, but Doug's 
totally suspicious. Um, two things. Yeah, if you have a unique name like that, you can probably afford to be a little bit more selective. Hey, there's only room in this town for one walker. But if it's anything it like the graphic has shown this entire segment, then there probably is enough room because my name's Nada Edwards. And I didn't realize that <laughs> until this point. So, yeah, I'll just go I'll by Nada. I'll fix it in post. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> you're commenting on this right now and no one will ever know that's fine so i look like the idiot that's fine i'm sure you can do that i i any that's that's going to be my point anytime i look like an idiot i don't care if i actually said it i'm just going to blame it you uh, blame it on you for what you did in post all right fair enough let's move on coming up next on the locked on hornets podcast we'll give you an update on what's taking place and whether it's actually going to happen regarding the charlotte hornets new practice facility plans not before we talk about arcade one up though already talked about the retro games boom shalaka uh, bo- <laughs> i messed up boom shakalaka i can't be tim Kitts. <laughs> there you go can't do it i'm sorry tim it's a lot harder than it looks we have big news the one the only nba jam is back he's how, on fire how angry do you think they're going to be at me for messing up just an iconic video game slogan i apologize arcade one up the leader in at-home retro arcade games, sorry, not only bringing the best game ever back but they've made it bigger than ever with a wait for it shack edition machine people are obsessed with nba jam i'm thrilled to tell our listeners that you can once again play hoops with nba legend uh, legends in this arcade classic you can jump clear across the court just like usual you can set the ball on fire and one of the first sports games ever to feature real and digitized nba licensed teams no fouls no free throws it's so good no quarters required compete with friends and family through all new wi-fi leaderboards making you more connected than ever pre-order now from arcade1up.com that's arcade the number one up.com for an estimated early september ship date arcade one up is the place for fun they've got even more classics like golden tea mortal Kombat, many others starting at just 399 dollars. check this out too they're giving away an nba jam t-shirt shack edition t-shirt to a locked on listener enter for a chance to win a game console for your man cave at arcade one up.com slash locked on that's arcade the number one up.com slash locked on you've got until july 8th to enter to win nba jam shack edition console don't miss out enter today who are you going to play with? Let's talk about that practice facility coming up next on the Lockdown Hornets podcast. I'm not going to attempt Boom Shakalaka again. I'm just going to start going straight to the read without the slogan. I apologize, arcade1up.com. Doug, I know we have some updates on the practice facility. The city approved this plan. Why don't you give the people some of the updates that took place over the past week? Yeah, essentially, I mean, the the lease for the Charlotte Hornets uh, to play in Uptown at the Spectrum Center was extended to 2045. So uh, your my my child uh, will live in a world for a long time to come that uh, includes the Hornets in Charlotte. I think that's really important to fans uh, who are about to make some decisions about whether to really invest in this team. I'm sure a lot of fans have already done that with LaMelo Ball's you know, continued ascension to stardom, they're they're already going to be really invested in this team. But I think it gives them a sigh of relief to go, hey, at least until 2045, which just seems forever away, uh, this team is not going to have to deal with any questions about them moving. Important because, I mean, there is always whispers, there are always whispers of new expansion opportunities in Seattle and Vegas um, crossing my fingers that hopefully maybe Nashville gets a team at some point. Uh, but we don't want that team to be the Charlotte Hornets. We want the Hornets to stay in Charlotte. And so some important maneuvers there. It also includes uh, an agreement to build a new practice facility. Now, here's 
where I have a little bit of a, a question mark. That fra- that practice facility is going to be built somewhere near uh, the property that is currently occupied by the Charlotte Transportation Center. And so the question that still remains, it still has to be discussed and approved by the Charlotte City Council is if that practice facility is going to be built on top of where the Charlotte Transportation Center currently resides. Uh, it's an important transportation hub for many citizens of Charlotte to get not only into and out of the uptown area, which is what Charlotte, for the uh, folks that don't live in Charlotte, it's what uh, they call the downtown area. They call it uptown. It's a long story. Don't worry about it. And it's not only important for people to get in and out of that area, it's also it serves as sort of the hub for the bus network system that goes all over the city. So the plans are either to put it beside the current building or to raise that building uh, that is the Charlotte Transportation Center and put it underground. My only question is, is it going underground to be a uh, state-of-the-art facility that's going to serve the community or is it being put under the ground to hide it away because they want to turn that whole district into an entertainment district and they don't want what comes with public transportation. So, so that would be yeah. my question. Well, and I've seen, I've seen draw ups of this and the plans look good. I just don't know exactly how it's all going to unfold. Who knows how accurate it's going to be from the plans that they're putting out there right now. You would think that they would want that center to look really good because they want people to come to the entertainment center. It's only going to serve as a deterrent if they don't do everything they can to make that place comfortable, that place as state of the art as possible. So hopefully they're thinking about all of that. And as far as we know, last time we talked about this topic, it was in consideration. Now it's signed off on. But the funding approach they were taking was to take the tourist tax dollars, right? Instead of just the income tax within the city. So they're taking tourist dollars from, you know, taxis, hotels, thing like that. And I think that is the funding approach that they are going to go with, which is something I like here, too. The other thing is this is going to be Charlotte's, right? Like when you compare this in this when you compare this to the Carolina Panthers, where David Tepper wants you to. <laughs> what, what 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 are you laughing at like what we don't want to compare it to carolina no no it's such a good point because yeah i mean you brought up a great you're bringing you're beginning to bring up a great point i'm sorry i interrupted because it, i'm just laugh. I, I have to laugh at the panthers oh wearing yeah wearing the panthers hat today on the show but i had to laugh at just how bad they messed up the practice facility on their end and rock hill oh so if you don't know like they tried to build they were they didn't try. They were halfway through building this huge facility in Rock Hill, South Carolina, because the Panthers are the Carolina Panthers. It's supposed to be North Carolina, South Carolina. This was going to be their move, you know, kind of into supporting South Carolina. And the whole deal gets nixed because Te- I don't know why. Because Tepper didn't want to pay for it. I don't know. He's a billionaire. Just build the practice facility. Yeah. Now he's now now he's getting sued, and that's not even the point I was going to bring up, even though it's a good one that you bring up, right? Because all of the the Rock because, Hill because the Hornets. And, and again, this is a huge upset, by the way. If you've been following this franchise for a long time into the Bobcats era, and even before, obviously before that, the fact that they moved to New Orleans because nobody liked the owner and the, the owner couldn't figure it out with the city uh, to, to get a new uptown arena. Uh, the huge upset that the Charlotte Hornets franchise is the most 
uh, you know, healthy and stable and non-dysfunctional franchise in Charlotte. It's crazy. It, it, it really is a, a huge upset. And after the whole Jerry Richardson scandal took place and now you bring in David Tepper, my point was going to be in the fact that when Tepper talks about if you want a new Carolina Panthers stadium, then you're going to have to want it and by paying for it. And he came come up with this like, you know, funny approach where some he pays a third. Regardless, you're paying for that to give – David Tepper, something you're doing him a solid, a billionaire. Where, right, and and by the way, the richest owner in the NFL and one of the richest owners in all of sports. You're Not doing anymore. him a solid. Bron- I think the Denver Broncos guy uh, is like the Walmart cat. Yeah, is now the rich. But yes, before that, yes. The the point, yes, to try to bring this all back, we've gone off on a couple of different tangents. I just want to keep the you factually accurate, Walker. I just want to protect yes. you as the professional radio person on this show. <laughs> this is my job yes. is to come in here and interrupt you yeah. to make sure that, that, that you stay on the record and factual. Thank you. I'm trying to be factual. The city of Charlotte is going to own this. This benefits the city. You're helping out the city with this money. You're not helping out Michael Jordan specifically, right? Like this is something that stays here. This is a practice facility that stays here. And it's not even coming out of your pocket necessarily because it's coming out of people's pockets that visit the city or this tourist, the tourist dollars where David Tepper, that funding approach is coming from the actual city, the, the people that live here. And it's giving him the stadium to continue to profit because economically long-term, there's evidence to show that it's really not all that beneficial. Right. Like that, that is the big, huge, substantial, meaningful difference between these two funding approaches from the two professional sports teams in town. So here's what I'd like to see if they do get this practice facility built. Okay. They've got a practice facility already that's on, it's in the Spectrum Center. It sits off of the Spectrum Center. I want that area turned into our version of the Deer District. So I have this dream that that LaMelo Ball gets the hornets into that into that sphere uh, and um they they need a they don't really have a place where because they've never been there i guess if they had gotten there in the past couple of years they would have figured it out i guess there's that place when you walk down those stairs where the uh sort of alternate entrance is i guess yeah that's that sits directly to the across epicenter from the Charlotte you're talking Trans- about oh spectrum center spectrum yeah yeah gotcha. yeah that sits directly across from where the charlotte transportation center is now there's that little sort of area but it's not very big so i want them to turn that practice facility into the gathering place for fans i think that'd be really cool one of the funny th- idea charlotte hornets one of the things we didn't mention last time we talked about this was now the hornets aren't going to have to deal with closing the blinds every single time they want to use their practice gym <laughs> they're not going to have fans trying to sneak in and get the best angle where you can maybe see one player go get a loose ball that goes out of bounds because they don't let you watch practice it's funny because the idea was to have all these windows open maybe to get fan engagement hey new expansion team charlotte bobcats we're back baby and clifford NBA came back. in and said shut those yeah blinds. well it's not like it's not like borrego is opening them up and so when you look in there you barely see anything and then they they don't love it anyway so i'm imagine there's going to be some more privacy um because the hornets would request it so there you go uh, i i do like that i i do like 
crossing Spectrum Center, though, and seeing people try to get the best sneak peek they possibly can. All right, that'll do it. Long one. That'll do it for Locked On Hornets. We appreciate you hopping on with us. Make sure your second listen is Locked On NBA Big Board. Host Rafael Barlow from NBA Draft Junkies and author of the NBA Big Board newsletter is joined by Richard Stamen, Sam Ferris, and Leap Tulin, giving fans an in-depth look into the NBA draft, the mock draft, and player rankings and of course big boards too it's free and it's available wherever you get your podcast i think david walker is set to join us tomorrow for a fun friday he made doug save his nba draft hat takes so he didn't drop them in this episode we will be dropping those don't say no don't do anything don't give it up save it for the show sifts right do that we're going to do it tomorrow with david walker fun friday hive live edition make sure you're there on the lockdown hornets podcast 